today's show, I think for us, is all about you and what do you do? What was your path to becoming who you are? Because mm -hmm. what our guests all struggle with, which is actually wonderful, this, this universal struggle of imposter syndrome. No one thinks <laughs> that they are actually good enough to be who they currently are. And why would anyone want to be them? Yeah, I'm, I'm the expert. I'm the expert on imposter syndrome. So you can ask me any any question you have. I'm Amy, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Laurent. I mean, if I have to start with the stories of how we met, like Hong Kong. Microsoft conference, man, I mean, that's that, that I suppose we can get into that a little bit later. So welcome. I've got Chris, I've got Nick, uh, Laurent, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to, to see you all here. And, and yes, I think, uh, I think we met in Hong Kong indeed. And then after that, we met somewhere else. And I forget because back then were the days where the, the days of yore, the days we miss where we can, yeah. you know, we were able to travel everywhere and go everywhere. But uh, yeah, I have uh, I have fond memories, especially of uh, ending up in uh, in Johannesburg uh, twice for the tour, and having an amazing time there. And uh, you always told me, "Hey, come to Cape Town," and I never had the chance. So I'm, I really want to do that. It's still here, yeah, and we, we we still miss you, and we still have that invitation open to you. So whenever you are ready, Cape Town yeah. is ready for you. Yeah, that would be awesome. Absolutely, I want to. <laughs> And I think we, we can we, we can actually get into that. Um, so, you know, when you being part of the developer, uh, well, the advocacy team sure. inside of Microsoft right now, and the way that you've had to transition from this physical sort of being on stage all the time, uh, greeting people, shaking people's hands, talking about stuff and then you sort of, everything has now become virtual and you've got this like massive setup at home where you've yep. got all these special microphones and all those bits and pieces now. Like, how's the change been for you? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really interesting and uh, not just for me, but for my whole team, essentially. So so if we, if we you know, rewind a little bit and, and remember what happened. So you and I, well, Nick and, and Warren in any case, um, like we said, right, we met on the tour and the tour, the Microsoft Ignite, the tour, M-I-T-T, right, was an initiative that we started in the cloud advocacy. Um, it was kind of the, the, the follow-up, if you want, of something that Scott Guthrie used to do in the early days of the developer relations at Microsoft, which is uh, something they called uh, the Red, Red Shot Tour. And Rachel Tour was um, started really when I joined the developer relation team at Microsoft, which was four and a half years ago, more or less. And um, it was awesome because um, Scott would travel to places. Uh, I think we had something like seven or eight dates, uh, four of those, four or five of those in the US and three of those in, in Europe. And, um, and, and really, it was like the Scott Gustry show where Scott was on stage and, you know, the amazing presenter that he is. Um, and uh, but he needed advocates to support him, and so I went through a few of those, and even had the chance to actually um, be on stage with him and, and do a few demos. But really, it was the Scott show with special guests here and there, right? And, and of course, Did you I got get to wear a red shirt too. 
And then I had my, probably my cloud advocate shirt. I don't quite remember what I was wearing back then. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, really an iconic thing. And really the cloud advocates team was founded uh, back then, five years ago, more or less, on the, on the understanding that Scott doesn't scale. Scott is just one person. And Scott being an EVP um, doesn't have the physical time anymore to go at as many conferences as he wants and, and do those demos and all that. And so eventually um, we ended up basically creating Microsoft Ignite the tour um, as a follow-up to that, if you want. But suddenly it was scaling. Because suddenly we had a whole team. And we had, uh, I forget, I think the first year we did that, we had just a few locations, five, six locations. Then the second year, we had something like 12. And then the third year, which was the one that was so rudely interrupted by COVID, um, I think we had we had planned to go to, uh, to, to yeah, yeah, like, like, like multiple locations, right? And... Um, so that was really fun, and and indeed in twelve in twenty nineteen, I think I I traveled, I mean pretty much like every second week I was I was out, and this was wow. really a crazy time. I think I traveled two hundred fifty thousand miles in uh, in in a year, which is uh, you know really huge, right? Mm. And, and then after that, in twenty twenty, we uh, started uh, you know the new tour, the new edition. And I remember very well being in Copenhagen, and uh, the next stop was Zurich, which is where I am. I live in Zurich. And so I was so excited to have my colleagues come to see me in my home. And we were going to have three, 4,000 people in, um, you know, in, in, in one of our big conference center here. And I had, I had a whole thing planned where we would take a day off and go to Davos, you know, for the day and, and go in the snow. And suddenly in Copenhagen, as I went on the stage, I get the news on my phone saying, oh, um, the, 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 the Bundesrat, the, the federal council here, the ministers uh, decided to uh, that, that events with more than 1,000 people were forbidden, essentially. And so I was uh, suddenly, uh, it was like um, a very hard realization that suddenly, okay, now it hits us where it hurts, right? Uh, we had already our gear in the conference center in Zurich and uh, everything was being set up. And then suddenly we had to call them and say, hey, sorry, guys, but it doesn't work. We are not coming, right? Um, so everybody had to reroute, change their plans and all. It was a whole thing. And then after that, I came back home and the next, um, and then we started really the series of cancellations. So we still had hopes that we could go potentially in Hong Kong, potentially in the, I don't know where, but one after the other, all those events got canceled. And then the, the real challenge started, which was build. The next event that we had was build. Um, which was supposed to be in person in Seattle. And of course, in, within weeks, we had to pivot and make a virtual build. Uh, and we had, we had pretty much to invent, like, how do we do... I'm, I'm not saying we had no experience doing virtual events. We certainly had, but not that big, not that big an event, right? And so it's been, uh, it's been quite an adventure. Um, the first build was, was pretty successful. Um, so we got we got good good feedback, even though it was like a, like a spontaneous realization, really. Um, and then after that, you know, all the events obviously have been uh, have been online. Uh, the last event we did was two weeks ago. We had Ignite, and Ignite uh, in numbers, I believe we had. Uh, I, I forget exactly now, but we had. Uh, I mean, this is an event where we have three hundred thousand registrations, right? Uh, which means uh, about two hundred thousand viewers, most probably. Yeah. 
Uh, I was personally in charge of a series uh, of 13 sessions where we had uh, a, a total of about 12,000 viewers, uh, engaged viewers, right? So viewers who really participate and all that. And uh, yeah, so it's been uh, it's been an interesting um, interesting ride, really, to to kind of see like how do we do video, how do we do events in video, how do we make those events engaging, and essentially um, now for the future, I'm very uh, curious to see how it goes. So I'm I'm actually very happy because next week I'm traveling for the first time since uh, about March 2020. I'm I'm traveling for for work. And I'm going to a physical conference where I'm going to deliver a session uh, in That's Belgium. Cool. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. And then the week after that, I'm going to Oslo for NDC Oslo. Uh, and so those are the two only conferences, in-person conferences that I'm doing this year. I did a lot of virtual things. So it's going to be an interesting way to see, okay, so how do people handle that? And how do they handle the, all the restrictions that we, that they, that we have? Uh, plus, there is also a worry because, of course, the situation in Europe uh, is, uh, as you know, we are entering winter now. Um, mm -hmm. We are definitely not out of the of the doghouse, and I, I feel that uh, we see numbers going up again, and I feel that restrictions are might might come up again. Thankfully, now I mean, with uh, I mean, not wanting to be uh, <laughs> to go into polemics, but I think that if you're vaccinated, you have a pretty good outcome on uh, mm -hmm. on these kind of things, and uh, so thankfully, that's hopefully going to help. But uh, the matter remains that we don't know exactly what the future of events is going to be. So yeah, that was um, that was a hard turn, and, uh, and and to be totally honest, it was also difficult. It's still difficult for my for my team, um, people who are used to be uh, you know on stage in person and get all this energy from the crowd mm -hmm. right, that you get, yeah. uh, which is really tremendous, which was really carrying us through. I mean, when I think about the, the amount of travel we were doing and the, um, you know, the, the jet lag and the tiredness of events, uh, we, because, of course, traveling is great, but it's also hard, right, mm -hmm. on the body and on the soul and on everything. Uh, and what was really carrying us was this, this adrenaline and this energy that we get from the crowd and from the hallway discussions and from all those interactions we have. And, and not having that has been, has been hard. I mean, I have not seen my team in person because my team is spread out throughout uh, the world. I have not seen them in person uh, for almost two years now. And that's also, uh, of course, a big difficulty, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I, I started working for Microsoft in May last year, mm -hmm. and I have never been to the office. Yeah. So it's been, it's been 18 months, and I spent more time at that office before I started working for them than I do yeah. now. <laughs> it's, it's insane. But do you think it, do you think it's ever? I mean, like the scale—that's two hundred thousand people for Ignite. Mm. Like you, even Florida, when we all packed into that that convention center, that yeah, it's fifty thousand people in person. Yeah, it's like how are they ever gonna? There's always gonna be an online sort of version. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's very interesting to talk about that because this is really like top of mind for us at the moment, mm -hmm. for, for, for my team and for a lot of different teams at Microsoft, as you can imagine, it's really like, how do we basically combine the best of both worlds, right? Um, I, I think that there is a, um, the, the online component, if we compare to previous years, we already had that to an extent in the sense that our keynotes, if I talk about build and Ignite only, right? Um, our keynotes were always streamed live, 
And our sessions were always available on demand 24 to 48 hours after the session ended, right? So that was the turnaround. And, and to be clear, the, the, the reason why it takes so long is because uh, we pay special attention to our captions because we want to be inclusive. And captioning uh, in English uh, is, uh, is a human-driven operation, uh, which takes a long time, right? So it takes, uh, it takes a few hours to get the, the English captions. And so we don't publish anything that doesn't have uh, for Build and Ignite that doesn't have um, human-translated English captions, right? So, so that's a big work. Um, but obviously, this is not what an online conference is. In an online conference, people want to see the event in person. Uh, or not in person, but live. That's what I mean, live, right? They want to, to, to be there while the, while the speaker is talking. And, uh, and they want to be able to ask questions, if possible. In the keynote, of course, it's more difficult. But in our, uh, all our breakouts, we also have uh, moderators who answer questions. Uh, for the record, our, the session that I was supervising at, uh, at Ignite, those 13 that I was mentioning before, uh, we had an average of about 500 questions per session over a course of 75 minutes. So it's a lot of questions, right? Now, many of those questions are just hi and hello and, you know, I, hello from South Africa and all that. But really, uh, I think that we can estimate that we had at least 200 or 300 uh, actual valid questions per session, right? So it's a lot. Um, so, of course, there is this aspect that we need to consider. And, of course, the, uh, the fact that online conferences are more inclusive mm. than in-person conference because then there is no uh, question of money and all that. But there is also the downside of the online conference, which is that uh, captivating the attention of people is very hard because you're competing with uh, tons of things like people's phones and people's bus who is watching over their shoulder and saying, hey, mm. if you're, well, virtual shoulders, if you're in a work-from-home environment, but still... Um, you know, when you go to a conference and you tell your boss, look, okay, I'm going to educate myself there. So there is a budget for that. Obviously, this is an expense for the company, but I can guarantee you that the revenue on investment is going to be great because I'm going to be in a dedicated learning environment. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to talk to them. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be able to ask questions from the expert in person, right? Our, when we had Microsoft Ignite, the tools, the Ask the Expert corner was always very, very popular. Um, and so, uh, so, so of course, the attention span is very different. Uh, for the record, uh, we, we we define an engaged viewer as somebody who watches a, a video for more than five minutes, right? And five That's minutes, seventy-five minutes video is, uh, is yeah. very short. So, so, so we have tricks to make people stay. Um, the Learn Life series, which is a series that I'm working on right now, and and the one that I was also managing at Ignite. Um, we had uh, an average viewing time of 45 minutes over the five minutes that I mentioned before. So, so 45 minutes is really good. Uh, the sessions were 75 minutes usually. Um, so it's a good uh, average viewing time. But still, it is different than when you have a 60-minute session where you have a room. And, and, you know, as a presenter, you always see when people leave the room, right? And, and mm. kind of hurts. But at the same time, it happens so rarely that you actually notice it. While, of course, in the virtual environment, there is no commitment. Often, yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. And, and, and also, people are very often just listening to the conference on the corner of their screen while they are working on something else. So, so this engagement is different. So, so I think the big challenge that we are facing now, and, and to be honest, that also every third-party conference organizer is going to face, is how do we combine the best of both worlds? How do we uh, invent, basically, hybrid events? Uh, this is something we've been working on as well, and we've been trying different things, different formulas. 
And I think there is actually, I'm, I mean, as much as I can be, I'm, I'm very excited about that. I think this is a huge opportunity for us to have uh, in-person events where we invent new ways, you know, to bring the, 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 the virtual viewers on the show, right? And that could be, for example, having a crew uh, there um, conducting interviews, for example, like interviewing, you know, speakers, but also participants, uh, audience members, etc. cetera. Uh, maybe uh, doing some impromptu sessions uh, in, in the theater, for example, uh, we could even have a mix of online and in-person presentations, maybe with some theaters like we had at the tour, etc., uh, etc. Et so there are a number of things that we can do to help that. But I think next year is going to be really interesting because it's going to be um, really a reinvention of, of conferences and of events, right? That's awesome. Right. And do you find that you get as nervous when it's online or when you're in person? Because um, I find that I'm, when I'm online, I'm actually more nervous than if I was standing <laughs> in front of other people. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've never been really super nervous before events or before uh, sessions because um, I have a ritual and or many rituals, actually, and those help me to... I, I think really is... Um, the, the key of the matter is that if you if you prepare well, if you rehearse, rehearse, rehearse as a speaker, um, you can go on stage being fairly confident that you know that you can handle whatever happens, right? I, I had uh, on the tour, I had the blue screen. Uh, I think it was in Dubai, five minutes in my session. And that's like the worst that can happen because you lose everything, right? But at the same time, I knew this session so well that, you know, restarting my laptop and recreating my demo environment while I was still speaking to the audience because you don't want to lose them um, was was possible just because I was prepared, right? So being prepared is definitely key. Um, the what, what triggers me and, and, and probably, I mean, at Ignite, I was not on stage. I was not in, in front of the camera. I, I was actually producing the sessions and coaching the speakers and uh, it, it was a whole thing like preparing the session, coaching the speakers and all that. And, and I was quite nervous because of course um, there was a technical aspect and we control only part of the technical aspect. So uh, for our session, we do use, uh, you know, what we are on here, which is StreamYard, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, it's, it's a good environment. We like it. Uh, we do love Teams Live Event as well, to be clear, right? I just want to be clear. Uh, Teams Live Event has uh, has a huge strength, but for the type of session that we do, it was not totally appropriate. Um, so, uh, so, so this feels that, okay, something might happen and continually checking, continuously checking that you don't lose the audio and that the stream is good and that, uh, you know, speakers don't panic. Uh, this is a whole lot of things that I don't control. When I'm alone on on the stage, I control pretty much the whole thing. While when I'm online, then it's more difficult, right? There are a string of things you don't you don't control, and especially when you produce the session, there are tons of things that you don't control. Uh, so yeah, that can be a little bit nerve wracking. But at the same time, um, I was just speaking about that with um, one of my team members, uh, a team team uh, mate, uh, Jason Hand, whom you probably know also from from the tour. And we were both saying that when we produce those sessions, we get the same kind of rush and of adrenaline that we got before when we are going on stage, because there is really this, oh my God, I'm inside the moment and I need to, I need to make sure that everything goes well. So uh, all in all, it's a fun experience, but yeah, the nervousness, um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm never really super nervous. I'm excited before I go on stage. This is usually what happens. 
uh, when it's uh, when it's an online presentation, um, the thing which is really hard is not seeing the reactions of the audience. This is really what's mm. difficult. Not knowing if what you say actually lands, uh, if the the stupid jokes that you make actually, mm. you know, yeah. people react to that, and, and to not be able to kind of you know, have a feeling of, okay, is it going well or is it not going well, right? This is really the, the hard and, and difficult part, I feel. Yeah. I think, you know, I think a lot of what you said there resonates really well. And I think there's a lot of things that, like, we're in this new world now, right? And we have to, you know, for me personally, I've been I've been kind of really holding on to the, the dream that maybe one day all the conferences of old will come back and we'll have the way that we used to do it. Because for us, Ignite has always been the highlight of our year, right? The, mm -hmm. the three of us get together because that's really the only time, you know, Nick's in, in Joburg, um, uh, Nick's in Cape Town, Warren's in Joburg, and I, right now I'm in Texas. So we only get to see each other during those that week, right? Yeah. And, and that's really always been the highlight for us. But then I think the reality is, is that we probably are going to fall into something a little bit different to what it used to be and try and mm -hmm. find that kind of happy medium where, you know, for the reasons of inclusivity and things like that, where we, you know, we can do something hybrid, right? But yeah. man, I tell you, I miss, I, I really miss the being able to be on stage and be able to present. I think the last time I presented at a conference, like a, a physical conference was late 2019 when I was in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And since then, I think I've done one virtual conference and man, it was, it, it was very different. Not being able to yeah. see mm -hmm. or, or, or hear or see any interaction from the audience. Uh, it's really hard. But then from a, from a participant or attendee perspective, I find virtual conferences very, very difficult because of all the reasons you mentioned, right? From a distraction mm -hmm. perspective. All the distractions, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not in the office. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not out of the office for that week. So mm -hmm. there's always this like, oh, well, you're, you're going to be at Ignite, but, you know, maybe you can still handle this thing part-time or maybe you can still do this thing. So your mm -hmm. email is always pinging off, your phone's always pinging off. Whereas hey when you're at ignite my phone's turned off right the only time yes. the only people that are going to reach me is nick and warren that's it yes. um, so <laughs> i find it very very difficult um personally yeah. to, to stay engaged for and and i thought it was just me honestly until we just had this conversation because all of the reasons you mentioned like just 100 percent rings true for me where you know and so uh, I, and you got to give props to you know your team and you and, and everyone who works mm. so hard on trying to make these online conferences a little mm -hmm. bit more engaging right because it yeah i think it's a very 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 difficult task and nick and warren obviously recently did did something with the uh the azure boot camp um i think that's what it was called right guys in the azure boot yeah yeah we had we had rick we had rick do the keynote yeah yeah i remember that he was away in the middle of the night right for that yeah funniest thing is and then at, like literally as he starts talking his internet drops yeah i remember and reading about that on twitter and <laughs> feeling sorry about it's that yeah. thing because we're we're renowned in south africa for having load shedding right we have load <laughs> yeah. shedding here they cut the power whenever they feel like it but then you got rick all the way on the other side <laughs> it just, me and alistair jump in and we're like <gasps> would you look at that <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he didn't really lose power. He just wanted you to feel more like closer to him, right? And so it was a trick, actually, most probably. But no, it's uh, it, it's really funny. We have um, what you say very much resonates, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm 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 someone who always tries to find you know the positive aspect of of life and everything, right? And I think that 
one thing that is true is that it also helped us realize like how privileged we were to, mm. to go yeah. to those events yes. compared to, to the huge majority of developers, right? Because if you compare, uh, I mean, I don't remember the exact numbers, but there are studies on that. The, the huge majority, at least of enterprise developers, never goes to a conference, never even, you know, mm. read the blog or maybe now it's a little bit different, but, but it's really... And, and so now we have really a, a possibility to reach out to people that we never could reach out to before, right? I mean, when we have, you know, 200,000 visitors at Ignite online compared to the 50,000 we had in, in Orlando. And I mean, even the 50,000 is uh, unusual and huge, right? I mean, Build is probably more like, like 8,000 and, and this is already a big conference, right? So, so yes, yeah, the number of people that were able, I mean, remember the days where Build was selling out like that, right, within, uh, within minutes. Um, and so you had really a, a huge number of people who just couldn't participate. And I think that this is really a chance for us to, to think about, okay, so how, how do we get more inclusive? But at the same time, we also need to realize that there is a fatigue of online conferences um, and, and again, I feel a little bit bad saying that because uh, organizing such an online conference is a huge work. And, and I don't want to give the impression that we don't value that work. We, we really do. But for me as a speaker, I know that I've been, um, I, I've been rejecting conferences recently just because uh, there is this fatigue and there is also this uh, worry of, okay, am I really touching the people? Am I really, you know... Uh, carrying my message through and also uh, you know I'm, I'm i'm busy with other things and so before when they were inviting me to go like for example next week where i'm going to belgium mm -hmm. it's uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a group of friends who organize this conference uh, it's called dev day uh, I, I will have uh, the honor and difficulty difficult task to give a session in french which is always interesting even though it's my mother tongue but it's not my my work language um, or of course NDC also where I'm going to finally be able to meet a few of my of my friends. Uh, the, the motivation to those conferences of those in-person conferences is of course much higher because suddenly it's not just about okay, I can carry my message and, and do my session and all that, but there is a value of going around meeting people, talking to them about what you're doing and, and maybe even recruiting them to work on some projects that you're doing and and meeting your colleagues, even your teammates right in person. Um, this is, of course, a very different uh, motivation for a speaker to, to go and, and, and work in those, right? Sorry, I muted myself because we've got lightning. Can you hear the lightning? I, I could hear <laughs> something. I was not sure what it was. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, it's rainy time here. So okay. it's, uh, it's, it's lightning now because it's heading into... Summer in Johannesburg. So, Summer in Johannesburg, um, yeah, wet, wet and hot. Every Wait afternoon at four o'clock, there will be a thunderstorm for half an hour. Sure. People will forget how to drive on the road, drive like yes. <laughs> maniacs, yes. and there'll be five o'clock at sunshine where you're stuck in traffic on the way Correct. home yes. on a wet highway. Yes. Yeah. Well, your the little anecdote that we were talking about Rick earlier on, and last time I was in Johannesburg, uh, we had one day to, um, to, to, to relax before we were flying home. I was flying home in the evening. It's a night flight going from, from Johannesburg to mm -hmm. Zurich. And so I had uh, one day to, to, to um, you know, entertain myself there. And so Rick proposed to me to go on the motorbike ride. And so we found, uh, you know, before I was saying, I'm very accepting of every brand and, 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 
and type. And so I, we were actually write, writing some triumph, which was really fun. Oh, wow. And at some point, long story short, at some point we were riding from Pretoria back to Johannesburg. And on the highway, suddenly in the middle of the highway, there was actually a mattress on the road. Of and so we had to we had to avoid the mattress. And I was always thinking to myself, if I was behind the truck that lost the mattress, I would be dead today. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and so thankfully it happened before I we actually arrived there. But I always have this image of okay, there's a mattress on the, on the you know on the highway right in the middle of the road. That's that's funny. That's your your funny South Africa. Welcome to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting experience. On the other hand, we also saw some zebras on the on the roadside and all that, so that was really a cool cool adventure. You are a self confessed Harley uh, enthusiast. I don't use the word. Yes, that's a wonderful word. I was going to say fanatic, but that is a very strong word. Enthusiast <laughs> is a better word. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, I've been in the um, how should I say? I've been a, a, a rocker and a metalhead forever. Like since since ever I remember, I went to my first concert, a hard rock concert, when I was fourteen. Uh, it was Scorpions of all bands, which uh, back then was actually still a metal band. Nowadays, I'm not sure exactly what they do, but um, <laughs> and, and ever since, yeah, ever since I've been really into that um, that lifestyle and all that. And 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 I rode motorcycles a lot when I was younger, but then I took a long break. Um, when I had my kids, and of course, when you have kids, you have different priorities, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and 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 relatively recently, I started riding again. And uh, indeed, I went to Harley. I'm, I'm not exactly sure why, but you know, it, it kind of appealed to me. And I, I tried a new model in in 2017, and I was immediately seduced. And I saw, wow, that's a, I have a Harley fat bub for people who know what it is. Uh, which is a relatively big and sporty bike for Harley, at, at least. Mm. And uh, yeah, we've had fun. So my wife and I love to ride together, and uh, and we do a lot of things. Um, the, the the Triumph experience in the in, in uh, South Africa was really amazing, uh, especially because essentially Rick had organized that and asked me pretty much the day before, "Hey, I have this thing going on. Do you want to join?" And I was like, "Yeah." And so we had the, we had a guide. Um, who, who drove us, and then we went to uh, in Johannesburg to see the graffiti because you have amazing graffitis in Johannesburg in some places. So it was a, it was a whole thing. It was really fun. And then we had lunch outside of uh, of the town in I, I forget the place, but it was a place where they have some uh, some excellent coffee there and all that. So it, it was really a fantastic experience to finish, especially to finish the tour. And that's also, of course, one of the things when we are talking about privilege, right? That I miss uh, extremely extremely is that those conferences always had a little bit of time for us to actually go and explore some things, right? Like, uh, you know, Hong Kong, Singapore, and, 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 and Johannesburg in that case. And, uh, and of course, this is also things that uh, is, it's, it's not vacation at all, because you are always working, you're always doing stuff. But at the same time, you also have this little bit of downtime to go and explore a little bit and to see which is absolutely necessary when you travel so much because otherwise you burn out right if you travel uh, without having those small moments of uh, you know of, of leisure right and so that's definitely something i miss as well and and so before chris was saying you know i'm, I'm kind of hoping and hopeful that it will come back uh, i i think to some extent it will However, I think also things are, are going to be different. I think the restrictions we have for travel are going to stay for, for quite a while. And, um, 
I think that in my own future, the, the 2019 with the 250,000 miles, I don't see that happening maybe ever again. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I'm crossing fingers. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I also took over some different activities within Microsoft. And so right now I'm, I'm leading this effort uh, that we call Learn Live, which is a, a really um, fun format where we have speakers live in video um, presenting a learn module because we have those 1,400 learn modules nowadays that uh, we are trying to, to really um, uh, promote, but also to help people because that's always... The, you know, the reason why I joined Microsoft was really to, to help people with what we do. And so uh, we, we, we try to basically take people by the hand and help them to go through the Learn module because it can be a little bit daunting and intimidating, especially when you're new in tech, to find your way to that. And so having a speaker who is very often either an expert in the, in the topic or sometimes even the person who actually wrote the Learn module itself or, so, or somebody who actually works on the product itself, right? So somebody who is really at the top of their game, uh, taking the viewer by the hand and and bringing them to the completion of the learn module. So that's been very, very gratifying. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, new activities. Your, your team actually builds a lot of those modules, right? Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. So the advocacy team does a lot of the, 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 the recording and things around those modules. Yeah. And then, so how long before... Let's say, so like, let's take Ignite, right? How long before Ignite do you actually know about the product before you demo it, right? Because there's been a lot of really, really cool stuff as far as Visual yeah. Studio is concerned. And you've got 2022, you've got Code Spaces, you've got GitHub, you've got all these. And, and never mind the fact that a lot of the developments have been geared towards somebody working from home or mm -hmm. working from anywhere or working from the iPad. I mean, geez, I can edit Terraform scripts inside of a code space from my iPad. And, yeah. you know, like a lot of the, the, the Jessica Deans and those sorts of things, they do these demos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, A, keep up with that and B, decide what to show people? Mm -hmm. And lastly, what do you think has been the best part of the stuff that was launched recently at Ignite? Hmm. Yeah, a lot of questions uh, and, and very interesting questions at that. Um, I mean, first of all, Ignite is a, I mean, I would say we never stop planning and preparing Ignite and build in the sense that there is so much innovation going on at Microsoft that you never stop learning new stuff and receiving new products and, and everything. So. Um, sometimes, sometimes uh, we have the chance to be included into preview very early. Um, one example of that is, for example, the you know the GitHub Copilot, right? Which is this AI assisted. It's like uh, it's like IntelliSense, but on on steroids because it's able to predict what it thinks that you are going to write, and, and very often it gets it it gets it right, which is quite impressive. Um, so so we've been using that internally, I would say, for the past few months, and it's been released recently, obviously. Um, so, so there is this, um, basically, before we release something in public, it's been used quite a lot by people at Microsoft, even people who don't necessarily work with a product group or, or whatever, but we do have this possibility to go and, 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 and try the product, uh, and especially when it comes around development environment, since I'm a developer, um, you know, the, the, the new features. 
I, I mean, a lot of the development we do is public. So a lot of the previews that we publish, we get them actually at the same time as the general public, right? So Visual Studio is a good example of that and all that. But then there are some products and some things, and especially on, uh, on Azure, for example, uh, where we get some services in preview before they are actually released. And so we have the possibility to try new things. So I would say that we're always in a, in a mode where we prepare for the next conference in that regard. But the program uh, of Ignite or of Build, for that matter, uh, is usually set, you know, a few weeks in advance. So we know the actual only, session. Only a few weeks. Okay. Well, okay. I, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's something, that, I mean, the finalization quick, is, eh? is not complete before you actually go on stage, right? Mm -hmm. This is, uh, yeah, you have last minute changes until the last moment. And very often we... We get uh, slide decks which are uh, partly blank because uh, there is an embargo on the product or whatever. And so, yeah, there is this uh, kind of uh, dynamism and, and things like that, uh, especially when you have products that, um, you know, we sometimes also have products that we plan to release, but that we can't because there is something happening. And so at the last moment, you have to change because of that, right? So there is also this aspect. Uh, compared to before, a lot more of the development that we do in, in the product groups is in public. So that's a big difference. Where really, if we take .NET, for example, um, you know, .NET 6 being, having been released last week, uh, people have been working with .NET 6 preview for, for a long time, right? Uh, there is also a, on Windows a whole Windows Insider thing going on, and etc. So there, there are a lot of different ways for the public, for the general public, to actually get involved much earlier uh, than before. When uh, you know, do you remember the days where we had one release of Visual Studio per year, right? And it was uh, essentially uh, before that nobody knew what was coming up. So so it's very different. Um, so so the. Um, the the, the preparation, the actual preparation for the sessions at Ignite, the selection of session and all that, yeah, usually we do that. As, I mean, at least for the ones that I'm involved with, um, not that long before before the show. And then after that, there is, a, so far, we've always had a little bit of a mad scramble, I would say. Uh, I mean, Ignite this year, I would say, took probably about four or five weeks of my life where those are very interesting weeks for sure, but those are also weeks where I don't have time to work on my actual projects, mm -hmm. right? On the stuff that I'm like the day to day. So, so it's always uh, very intense. Uh, on the other hand, then we have the, uh, of course, the other phases of the time where we have a lot more time to actually concentrate on, on, on the stuff that mm -hmm. we actually do and all that. So, mm -hmm. so it's, um, it's an interesting way. I, I personally, I love that because it, um, it's always an adrenaline filled time. And I feel that this is again, what carries us a little bit, right? So this is cool. Uh, in terms of um, my favorite products, I would say, I mean, and again, right, since we continuously <laughs> release new stuff, um, the stuff that we release at Ignite, especially Ignite being a little bit more still now of an ops, you know, conference compared to Build, which is more of a dev conference, uh, and I'm more of a dev person. Uh, personally, I find, uh, so the code space you were mentioning, this is absolutely amazing, like, uh, I mean, the fact that I can go in any repo and, and type a period and then have whole have essentially Visual Visual Studio code right running in in my browser uh, or on my phone for that matter. I have a, I have a large phone. I'm going to show off my phone because I'm very happy with my phone. I have a big phone here. Wow, so essentially it's like a, it's like a like a mini laptop, right? I, I can totally run a code space on my phone and do some development with an Excel keyboard and. So, so this is pretty amazing, I find. I find that generally speaking, the time from 
from ID to the first version has been reduced tremendously with all the tools we had. We have. Uh, if you think about uh, how easy uh, this is often the pitch that I do about Azure when I talk to Azure about Azure to beginners is how fast I can go from oh I have an ID that I scramble on a piece of napkin mm -hmm. to I actually have a first version of my code running because I I don't have to to, to worry about how do I set this up etc. So 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 code space is a step more into that direction in the sense that okay if you have an open source project that you're interested in collaborating, basically, you know, just type period in the in the repo and then you're you're set, right? You can start working. If they did the CI/CD properly, then you're going to have your automated build and your automated everything deployment environment uh, already already ready. So that has been pretty amazing. Um, personally, my favorite product so far at, uh, at, at in Azure, I would say. Uh, I think that I want to say Azure Static Web Apps, uh, which is has not been released at Ignite, but this year, um, because it's been so amazing to be able, and I'm using that, full disclosure, I'm a .NET guy, so I'm using that with Blazor mostly. Uh, I, I love Blazor. I feel that it really allows me to, um, you know, to, uh, to do stuff. It, it, it reminds me very much of Silverlight, right? So, you know, when you say Silverlight, you have to raise your fist and, and remember the good times, uh, at least for me as a client application developer. Um, so so it, for me, um, it's really the possibility to do uh, .NET in a way that is super portable. I can easily update my, you know, my, my friends, my, my users code simply by basically deploying to the, to the static web app. And I've been using Blazor a lot with um, with Signal R, which is another one of my of my favorite. Signal R as a service, so we have Signal R running as a service on Azure, um, and, and so this a combination, of, uh, the, the the fact that I can div, div, develop and deploy something very fast, I can run it locally or uh, you know on Azure, and I have this whole real time eventing system. Uh, in fact, this is what I'm going to talk about next Monday um, at the at the conference uh, next Tuesday, sorry, at the conference uh, in Belgium. And so I'm I'm very excited about that. I built uh, a few applications which are using this kind of mechanism. And uh, yeah, so the static web apps is really pretty amazing because it's one one of those additional steps that allows me to have an ID to implement it and to deploy it within hours of the ID compared to you know previously when you had to take days or potentially even weeks until you had a, a running environment, right? So that's been really cool. So I, I, I do like that. I would say everything that allows um, us to work faster and to touch more platforms. Uh, so .NET running on, you know, on all those different platforms now and with .NET 6, um, in terms of uh, the ease of use and the, uh, the you know, how fast you can get started uh, on, on every Potential possible platform uh, has been has been really interesting. So I do I do like that very much. Yeah, that's awesome. And mm. I think you know all of the stuff that you're getting into, you can sit and you can talk about for like for like hours. Yeah. When it comes to all of the, I mean, geez, all the stuff that's coming out and all the stuff that you're involved in all the time. So where where, where can we find the stuff that you do on a daily basis? I know you were talking about learn. So where can the listeners go to sort of enlighten themselves when it comes mm -hmm. to this sort of technology how do they find you if they want to see more of you how do we uh, get you back to johannesburg where do we get you 
Okay, well, the uh, getting back to Johannesburg part is, uh, is an interesting matter for sure. We need to talk, <laughs> I would say. But, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, I want to go. One uh, one difficulty we had last time, I was supposed to go, and then we had uh, we were trying to get my wife there as well, so that we could also ah. spend a little bit of vacation time. And the whole visa system is because she's uh, from the Philippines. And so the whole uh, visa system is uh, very much works against us, but we will definitely try again for sure. Um, no, that said, um, I mean a lot of the things we, the, a lot of the things I do now, apart from you know the regular conference speaking, etc. And I'm in the process of revamping my website, which is uh, an activity that you do every uh, you know 18 months more or less, right? Where suddenly you realize, oh, I need to redo everything and. And so, um, because I've been so busy um, with Ignite and after Ignite, it's been a little bit on hold right now. But a good place to go would be uh, my, my website, which is uh, galasof.ch, so G-A-L-A-S-O-F-T.ch for Switzerland. Uh, this is where at least you will be able to find um, the, the, the presentations that I give, because I, at least that portion of the website is kept up to date. Um, so every time I give a presentation, I always publish my slides and uh, sometimes even if there is a video, I also embed the video there. Um, so this is where people can see uh, stuff that I've been active on. Uh, however, I will say that um, this year especially, I've been a lot more active behind the scene and it's been also very gratifying, like uh, helping other speakers to actually get started with the speaking operation. Uh, at Ignite, we had... Uh, some speakers who were um, who were first-time speakers who were really uh, and this is uh, quite an accomplishment if you think about it when you have never spoken in public and then um, you know you, you you go and you prepare yourself and you rehearse and rehearse and rehearse until you are able to deliver. Uh, in, in one case, I had two speakers from Israel who had zero experience, zero speaking experience. And helping them to get to the point where one of the attendees said, "Wow, it might be the best session of Ignite that I've seen so far." So, so that kind of experience has been very gratifying for me. So, of course, it means that you see me a little bit less on the stage, uh, which is fine. I think that uh, the the part where you say that uh, I I can speak for hours, my wife would probably conquer and and agree on that. So it's true. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the 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 fact that I'm able now to to help people. Um, you know, getting to that. And so the the thing that is really keeping me busy right now is the whole Learn Live series. So if you go to aka.ms slash Learn Live, uh, you will see um, all our past episodes. And we have also tons of new episodes coming up. So if you go to uh, to our uh, docs.microsoft.com slash events, and then you look for Learn Live in the, in the table of content, you will see um, that we have quite a few series going on now. And Learn Live has been amazing. So I'm... Uh, I have big plans for Learn Live, especially in terms of, uh, uh, you know, making it, making landing pages and making it easier to discover and, and definitely uh, having more sessions. And I also want to have uh, more sessions in more time zones. And so uh, why not have at some point a Learn Live South African edition with uh, all kinds of speakers? I mean, you have amazing speakers down there, right? We work with, uh, with quite a few. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, but uh, but but really, so many. Uh, also, uh, I, I mean, when I was in Johannesburg, I had the chance to go to the uh, Microsoft office and and to meet a lot of uh, people from the community, uh, including some very young people, right? Who are like some people just out of school with all this fresh knowledge that they have and this fresh energy and and all that. And I've met some really cool people there. So uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that, and this is definitely going to be um, well. You see. 
or, or rather where you don't see because I'm behind the stage, but uh, where I'm going to be the most in impactful, I think, at Microsoft in the, in the next uh, calendar year, I think, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for being on the show. And I hope that other people can do exactly that. I hope that they can come through, they can find your stuff, and they can follow their dreams. I never ever thought that I would ever talk on a stage, period. I never thought I'd talk on stage about something that I loved. And then I never thought I'd talk on stage about something that I loved in another country. So I think anything is possible. So I'd like to say thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Your team is an inspiration. I'm such a fanboy. Um, every, time I meet, every time I meet one of you guys in in in, uh, in, in person, I want to get something signed. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, so it's been right for sure. I like you. I didn't think I would, uh, you know, speak in public for sure and and end up on stage. And uh, you know, the best of all is uh, when you're very privileged, like us, being being paid for it, right? So being able to do that actually your main activity. Uh, I, I will say that uh, the I joined Microsoft about five years ago. I, I had said never. I had said I will never work for them, you know, even though I was a partner for a very long time. But uh, but but the stuff we have been doing recently has been really pretty um, pretty amazing. And, and and Nick, just as a as a hint, I think you need to change your battery pack. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's his cue. <laughs> No, again, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's thank been you. fun talking to you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do something of that um, in person, hopefully soon. So yeah. We definitely awesome. will. We definitely will. <laughs> thank you. Thanks to everybody for listening. Cheers. Bye. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoyed putting this podcast